Shohei Otani is so far and away the best player available in free agency. He might, he might, you might make a case that he's the best free agent ever. But if the Giants don't end up with this guy, and I know a lot of you just assume that they definitely will not, where else can they go to get impact talent? Because we all know that they need it. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you haven't already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we get started is by introducing the fact that we are going to get into some more mail, mailbag questions today. And then coming up tomorrow, it's the uh, tender slash non-tender deadline, depending on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. Uh, you can call it either one. It's kind of the same thing. And the Giants have six cases. And so we'll be breaking that down tomorrow. But today, I want to get to some more of the mailbag questions we have um, from what's now a couple weeks ago, but still very relevant. And the first question comes from Hasty, who says, realistically, realistically, what would serious upgrades be other than Shohei Otani? I view him as a serious long shot to sign with the Giants. And I think that's fair. You're you're always going to be a long shot. And I understand like the Giants having two disappointing seasons in a row, I think, hurts their case significantly. And so I, I understand where you're coming from there. And so like a really simple way to look at this is I can look at who are the, you know, based on like fan graphs, wins above replacement. I can look at who are the players who had the best seasons outside of Otani last year. And what's crazy is that Otani, he had a nine fan graphs war season. The next closest free agent is actually Sonny Gray with 5.3 fan graphs wins above replacement. And then after that, Jordan Montgomery at 4.3. Cody Bellinger, 4.1. You've got several guys close to... I mean, then it, it kind of tails off. It's just not a very deep free agent class. It really isn't. When you start to look at some of the names outside of the top eight or so, it gets kind of weak. And so, But that's looking at last year. What about projecting forward? That's what's more important. And projecting forward, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Shohei Otani's value is dramatically lower next year than it was this year uh, because he's not going to pitch. He's just simply a DH next year. And so you could argue that he like there's probably free agents who are going to make more of an impact on the field next year 
than him, but it's when he starts pitching again that that's going to change. But in terms of the projections, and these are steamer projections, which get featured on fan graphs, as do others, but steamer always comes out first. They have the number one player by projected wins above replacement as Aaron Nola. And after that, uh, Shohei Otani by just a little bit. And then a pretty big drop off to, you know, roughly three wins. Th- I don't like to say three win players because it's not just wins in general it's wins above replacement they're talking about and the only reason if you're like someone who doesn't like this number war i understand it's a it's just a really like convenient way of doing this and not having to break down each and every like number and it's it's all put into one tidy number and i don't have i wouldn't have time to run through each and every player and the question was who are the like realistic impactful players so you've got Aaron Nola uh you've got Blake Snell behind Aaron Nola and Otani you've got Sonny Gray Jordan Montgomery Eduardo Rodriguez that is the that is literally the top one two three four five outside of Shohei Otani notice anything about them they're all starting pitchers and also up on fan grabs here, they're not including Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the best pitcher in Japan, who also just happens to be 25 years old. And it's probably, I mean, by contract prediction experts, you know, MLB trade rumors, ESPN, fan graphs. I mean, I, I actually don't think fan, they may have done one, but it's not shown here. But predicting that Yamamoto is going to perhaps get the second biggest contract outside of Otani this winter. And so I think the Giants are definitely a realistic landing spot for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Like you wouldn't have Farhan Zaidi himself traveling to Japan um, like two weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, just for kicks you know like there's obviously legitimate interest and they they obviously are big game hunting and Blake Snell just won the Cy Young award in the National League and he's out there as a free agent Aaron Nola is a really good pitcher um Sonny Gray like the only thing holding him back is his age like the the like he he had a top three uh, Cy Young season himself just now uh he was really good and I mean, he, like, there's Bay Area ties. I think that that would be a, you know, kind of really solid kind of under-the-radar addition would be Sonny Gray. I don't think he can be, like, your big addition, but if if you get some true impact and you add a Sonny Gray, if you get, like, a Yamamoto and a Sonny Gray and, and then you add that to Logan Webb and Kyle Harrison and some of the other guys that they have, suddenly you would. That would be, like, an impactful rotation. Um on the hitting side, it's tougher, and they need to upgrade on the hitting side. And so the fact that it's tougher is not good. And so when I hear about like trade proposals and trade ideas, I'm just like not at all sold on making a trade for a pitcher because there's this is where you can just spend to get pitching, but you may have to do a trade, make a trade in order to acquire a position player. You may not. There are some out there who could be impactful, but we're talking, you know, Matt Chapman, for example, who's been like good, but not great and was great for the first month of the season last year, 
and then like struggled the rest of the season. And so streaky at times, like inconsistent defense has always been good and continues to be good. But offensively, it's it's kind of like, a you know, there's swing and miss and there's strikeouts and all that. So it's not a perfect package. But it would definitely like stabilize the third base position. And then you're looking at a guy like Cody Bellinger, who there's so much intrigue and upside. The guy won the MVP award at age 23, hit 40 something homers that year. Uh, and then he had a shoulder injury and then he like completely stunk for two seasons in LA. They non tendered him at last year's tender deadline. And then the Cubs signed him to a one-year deal, and he had a really good year by surface numbers. But underneath the hood, the kind of expected numbers, the hard hit rate, they weren't uh, in alignment with the kind of numbers that he actually produced. And so if you're talking about MLB trade rumors predicted this guy would get 12 years, what, $264 million. I thought at the time that was absurd. And then the other kind of publications that have come out have validated my initial reaction by coming in with more reasonable contract predictions in the range of about 150 million and you know fangraphs right here has the crowdsourced contract prediction at six years 144 million and so maybe he does better than that but 264 million over 12 years i think that's wild for a guy who was so bad for two straight years and last year was better but the context like the underlying numbers weren't great and so anyway it may have like i think there's impact starting pitching out there it could thin out quickly for sure but there is impact starting pitching and the like anxiety's been like we're in that market for impact starting pitching and so i would i would expect honestly that they end up with impact starting pitching uh the question is how do they upgrade the offense because outside of Chapman and Bellinger, like I'm just not seeing much. I mean, there's Reese Hoskins who's interesting, but not good defensively. Jorge Soler, good offensively, not good defensively. Anyway, uh, you might have to make a trade and they've talked about that, that it may have to come from a trade to upgrade the offense. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, more questions and answers. We're going to get into how much torture are the fans in this off season? My prediction about how much torture the fans are going to face in just a minute. And before we get into it, today's episode is brought to you by America's number one sports book and for very good reason. And that is, of course, FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As I said, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. And most of you listening, probably fans of the very good San Francisco 49ers who are playing the Buccaneers on Sunday and the money line uh, is for the Niners to win is minus 670. And so if you place a $5 bet on that and if the Niners win, you get 150 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's just no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more and for every sport. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, here we go. We're going to get to more questions and answers. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we are going to be breaking down because I've been forced to be recording late, as you all, as many of you know. If you're a first timer, you don't know the story, but I moved and there's construction going on and I can't record until after the noise stops. And, um, however, I'm going on next week. It's going to be different. But anyway, tomorrow, uh, there's a deadline. It's the tender deadline. And so we're going to be breaking down the Giants' decisions on whether to tender or non-tender six players, including Mike Yastrzemski, J.D. Davis, Tyro Estrada. I mean, some of them are easy calls, but what I'm most interested in is the they often agree to contracts with these players, which is not required until like February, but they often do it now. And so we may have some contact uh, contract clarity on some key players for the Giants, and we'll definitely have clarity on whether or not these guys will be back as of tomorrow. And there's six players, and I only named a few, but there's more. So anyway, that's tomorrow. Next question, though, comes from 999Shill, who says, How much torture are we as fans in for this offseason? I'm an eternal optimist, 999 shill. I really am. Like, if you've been following the show for years, I continue to be optimistic that they're going to do something substantial. And I continue to, like, kind of not hold it against them what happened last offseason. They went after Aaron Judge, like, as hard as you could have gone after Aaron Judge. And I've said this a million times, but they made the offer that, Judge took to Hal Steinbrenner, the owner of the Yankees, and said, look, you're 40 million short. Basically, Steinbrenner was at eight years, 320 million, and the Giants were at nine years, 360 million, an extra year at 40 million a year. And Steinbrenner said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll match that essentially. And then it was a done deal. And so, the Giants were there on Judge, and that doesn't answer your question, but I'm trying to get to something here with Carlos Correa. Like he he signed on the dotted line. Like he was he was obligated to play for the Giants pending the results of a physical. It just so happened that lightning struck and just the it's just I mean in my opinion, kind of what I'm trying to say here is like it can't get worse than it was last. At least I don't think it can. I just, it can maybe it can always get worse. But what Giants fans had to endure last offseason might have been the most absurd and ridiculous and painful emotionally painful offseason in the history of any sport in America. Like my goodness, like cuz the report that they got Aaron Judge, you know, the tweet from John Heyman, arson judge appears headed to Giants uh, that he then retracted. So for like 10 minutes, we thought Aaron Judge was coming to the Giants. And then for like, it was like seven minutes. And then for seven days, they we thought Carlos Correa was coming to the Giants. And then that didn't happen either. And so that's just unbelievably, unbelievably torturous. And so... Um, in terms of how much torture are we as fans in for this offseason? Hard to believe it would be anywhere near that much. And 
as I said, as an optimist, it's not just as an optimist. I'm reading the tea leaves and it's not hard to read them. The Giants are clearly making every effort they can to come away with some top free agent talent. And I think that, I just think they're due. I think they're like, they understand they're obviously committed. I mean, you don't like go out and get Bob Melvin and, and all this, like just to twiddle your thumbs. Like they're, they are doing what they can to try to make this happen. And I think that they're motivated by the lack of success that they've had. And so I'm saying we're not in for, for torture. I think you're in for finally some, uh, relief and jubilation and excitement this offseason. That's my prediction. I refuse to be like always negative, and many will accuse me of being almost never negative, and perhaps that's a fault, but it's just the way I operate and I can't help it. But I think that we're in for some good things, whether it's Otani. And by the way, I didn't mention Jung Hoo Lee as another upgrade uh, besides Otani coming out of Korea, best player in Korea. He's another guy who's um, intriguing. Next question from Brandon Brawford, who says, how will the Alex Cobb injury affect our free agency outlook? And it's a good question because, I mean, first of all, I have not yet understood even what the Giants meant when they said he will resume pitching in six months. Like, does that mean he will resume like throwing in six months because if that's the case, then we're looking at a much longer than six month timetable to return to the major leagues. Like once guys start throwing, it takes pitchers a long time, especially if they're coming off an off season where they like weren't able to train properly because of their rehabbing a surgery uh, and injury. And so or do they mean he'll return to pitching in like the majors in six months? They were not clear on that. And that's frustrating to me as a like, quote unquote, reporter. Maybe it's not quote unquote. I really am reporting on this stuff. So, um, but regardless, like even if it's six months to returning to the big leagues, it, that was a month into the off season, a month after the Giants stopped playing, the playoffs were going on. Um, so he's going to miss at least a month. And so I think it affects it rather significantly because when you look at the Giants rotation right now, as it stands, you've got Logan Webb, the Cy Young runner-up. If you want to hear my thoughts on Logan Webb being the Cy Young runner-up, check out yesterday's episode. But besides that, I mean, you've got Kyle Harrison, who I'm super high on and and I mean, he's got stuff to work on, but also we saw flashes of dominance for sure from him at times, and that's exciting. And then, like, after those, uh, like, I would almost want to say Kyle Harrison is like your number two starter because otherwise you're looking at Anthony DiSquafani, and we know what that experience has been like ever since the good 2021. It's been, I mean, what was weird with this year was he started off great, and then he just really fell apart and then got injured again. And Ross Stripling, we know what that experience was like. Um, thankfully for DiSquafani and Stripling, they're entering the last year of their contracts. And you've got guys like Harrison and Webb under contract for many, many, many more seasons. And so they're kind of in a good spot, regardless of being stuck with these two players who kind of you wish you weren't stuck with in DiSquafani and Stripling. But 
that rotation if when Cobb's not in it, like imagine I don't even want to say it, but if like Webb got hurt, you're looking at a horrible rotation. Um, but you do have guys like Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck, and I think those guys could very much fill in. And then we had some significant names added to the 40-man roster uh, just, what was it, yesterday or two days ago in um, trying to scroll, uh, Kaiwei Tang, who is a pitcher uh, in a starting pitcher in triple a and they've got a lot of guys coming up um a lot of guys coming up through the minors but anyway i just i don't think that a team in the giants position they they i don't think they feel like they can afford another mediocre or worse season and so when you're going after i think it kind of makes you be become a team that's going after not just high-end starters when we look at Yamamoto and Nola and um Blake Snell but then also like the Sonny Gray types and the Jordan Montgomery types and and these are not Marcus uh Marcus Stroman types and you know then you get into like Lucas Giolito there is a drop-off Sean Mania is out there Clayton Kershaw is out there, but I always say there's no chance he ever signs with the Giants. But, you know, that second tier, Eduardo Rodriguez, I could see them really perhaps targeting two guys. And then all of a sudden your rotation is like, although, you know what, they probably want to keep space open for young players like Beck and Wynn and others. Or they trade from that surplus and that's how they make their significant upgrade on the position player side. So, uh Basically, I think it 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 adds to the need not just like they already wanted a top tier starter, but it this makes it even more necessary. But then I think it it means you probably need to sign another solid like mid rotation starter also, I would think. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we're going to get some more questions and answers like Given that most teams are trying to court Otani, what's going to happen before he signs? Is he going to hold up the market? Uh, so far, nothing has happened. So maybe yes. We'll, I'll give my thoughts in just a minute. And before we get into that. All right. As promised, thanks again. Or That's not what I meant. As promised, we're going to get into more questions and answers. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow, we're going to be breaking down the non-tender tender deadline, uh, not just about the Giants, but if any key players get released into free agency, they become available to sign. And so that was, you know, like last year, Cody Bellinger was a huge deal. He was non-tendered, which meant he suddenly became a free agent and he was a guy the Giants went after. Um, so... We'll see what happens tomorrow. It's a big day in the sport. And that's part of probably what's holding up free agency is that teams are focused on what they did with adding players to the 40 man and then with this non-tender deadline. And then after that, it's like kicking into gear. And anyway, Locked On, by the way, has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Huge deal. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 
24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's awesome. Check it out. And we'll be on there when the Giants make a major move, for sure. Anyway, more questions and answers. Next one coming from... Michael, who says, given that most teams, I would actually push back on that. I would say most teams are not trying to court Otani because most teams just can't go there financially. But, you know, I guess if he's willing to take a short-term deal, that would change the equation. And there's rumors that he might be willing to, given his value took a hit with the surgery and all that. But anyway, let me finish your question. What moves, if any, do you think will happen before Otani signs? And I'm not sure, Michael, if you mean like in baseball or for the Giants. Um, but I mean, we have reports, and I think you asked this before these reports, that Otani basically could sign in a hurry and that he could even sign before the winter meetings. And we're talking the winter meetings are just over two weeks from now. They start like uh, on the 3rd of December, which is like less, it's like nine days, 10 days away. And so we're talking, he could literally sign in like a week, you know? And so maybe he is the first guy to fall off the board. And maybe I, I would imagine that teams that are in like legitimately trying to get this guy, it probably does stop them from making some other moves like significant moves you've got like guys like yoshinobu yamamoto but he hasn't even been posted yet and once he's posted then there's 45 days for him to sign but he hasn't been posted yet and so i would expect that otani may very well be like the first significant player to come off the board and that he probably does hold up um the market because you know, if you're going to commit that kind of money, you you want to know it before you go out and commit that money to somebody else, like because teams have budgets and they need to know what they're spending. And so I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if a significant free agent here and there signs before Otani. But these reports that he basically that his free agency could move quickly uh, indicate to me again, like where there's smoke, there's fire. This was not just a random person on Twitter saying this. This was like ESPN, Jeff Passan, uh, who's a legitimate, you know, to be respected reporter saying this. So I think that it's probably true. I think Otani probably signs somewhere around, you know, within two days of the winter meetings ending. And that's coming up quick. So and then you've got like Yamamoto's not been posted yet. So of course I think he's probably not gonna sign and then the free agency class is kind of weak after that. And some of these free agents probably want to wait for Otani to get come off the board. And so uh, their market value may be driven up because the teams that missed out on Otani are looking for impact talent. So I think it, it, it will hold up the market. Next question from Raroni Mod, who says, if you had to guess, do you think the goal is to sign Otani, Yamamoto, and Lee? Or do you think they will shift the plan if they land Otani? Signing all three sounds crazy, 
But when you consider their ages and the fact that signing Yamamoto and Lee probably helps with the Otani pursuit, dot, dot, dot. So there's actually like conflicting schools of thought here that signing Yamamoto and Lee helps. I mean, maybe you just mean because those players make the te- would make the team better and that helps. But if you're talking about Yamamoto, who's um, Japanese and plays in the Japanese league, um, there has been discussion from like legitimate sources that Otani kind of wants to go and to play somewhere where there's not a legacy of a Japanese player who made their impact on like for like the Mariners and Ichiro Suzuki and I don't know, maybe the Cubs who have, um, gosh, why do I always forget the guy's name? The Giants wanted to sign him, I think. I forget his name. He just signed a couple years ago, but out of Japan. Why do I always forget that guy's name on this show? I know who he is, but, uh, you know, the Giants, so maybe like signing Yamamoto, but again, who hasn't been posted yet, so maybe this is a non-issue. Uh, maybe that's something that would be a deterrent rather than something that attracts him. But a- anyway, to, to answer your question, do I think the goal is to sign all three of these guys? I mean, that that would be like a perfect scenario. That would be like the dream scenario because you'd get, you'd get a very much impact bat for 2024 with Otani. You'd get a front of the rotation arm in Yamamoto. And then with Lee, I think you're getting someone who there's a little less certainty with and is probably in line for more of like a $50 million contract as opposed to these other guys. Otani probably over 500 million, Yamamoto over 200 million. The Giants could do it. Like they have the payroll flexibility to do something like this. So perhaps it is. It does sound crazy. I'm not going to argue with that. Signing all three sounds crazy. And yeah, you do consider their ages. I think Yamamoto and Lee both being 25 just makes them exceptionally attractive to teams. And I think the Giants are like when they give out long term contracts, the guys they've targeted for the most part, like Correa was one of the youngest. He was, if not the youngest, one of the youngest free agents last year. Bryce Harper, when they went after him, was exceptionally young at 26 and these other two Yamamoto and Lee are 25 and Otani's like 28 going on 29 or he's 29 already one of the two so that would like that would be you know people would be excited about the Giants if they were to able to pull up pull that off honestly if they got any of these three people would be excited but realistically do I see this happening no definitely not but Aim high. Yeah, why not? It should be the goal. It should be the goal, but I'm not sure that... And then even then, I think they'd need more. I think they'd need more, uh, like I said, another starter. Maybe add Sonny Gray to the mix there, and then you're you're having yourself a heck of an offseason. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow. Breaking down the non-tender deadline, the tender deadline, the decisions the Giants make, and the agreements they come to it seems every year they come to agreements which they do not have to do all they have to do is say yes we tender you a contract meaning we want you to not be released into free agency we want to keep you and then later settle on a contract but they often settle by tomorrow so we'll have the coverage of that for you tomorrow 
Locked On, again, has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. The first ever. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories in sports of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Anyway, uh... Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out tremendously. So thank you in advance. Thanks for, uh, thank you to everyone sincerely who's done so already. Cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening to today, tonight, this morning, when it, wherever it is, whatever it is, whenever it is. You are now Locked on Giants.